Sean McCann. Today, we are blessed to have returning guest, my brother, Jim. Hello, Jim. Uh, Hi. Dr. Jim Pavarsky. I keep calling him doctor, even though physics folks don't like to use it. But you know, <laughs> my listeners, the, you, you can all like uh, understand. You can know that he went through all the schooling. He's teaching other people how to think about, you know, the compute, the computation and the, you know, it, like uh, you. Uh, and we've had a couple other episodes where you have spoken to me about um, CERN and the building of CERN. And you, we had another episode where we talked about the um, like how uh, how science arrives at understandings and then moving forward into the next like the progression of thought of science. Mm -hmm. So the listeners should go back and listen to those if they've never heard of you. Um, and you have some links, uh, coffeeshopphysics.com or org. Is it .com? It's com. Um, okay. It's very old. It's uh, true. It's very interesting. And um, they're great for, you know, uh, just to think about like wild ideas of, you know, mathematics and physics. And so uh, I'll be sure to post that. And um, uh, we're going to have a, an open-ended chat today. Um, James, uh, you've been uh, you, you've been looking into you've been learning more about other cultures and you uh, uh, your the way that you grok it is different than others and you know maybe you can share with us um, you know what you thought and I think this all started with um, I wanted to discuss about this Shiva statue that they have at CERN and like even today friends of mine that are that are smart they <laughs> understand about human slavery and they know about you know and they they use critical thinking a lot but sometimes they're still duped by this video this um CERN sacrifice where whatever where somebody apparently filmed <laughs> not apparently but like this is it's obviously <laughs> fake we can we can show it it's only a couple minutes um but it's around this statue of shiva which um <laughs> relates to religious thinking ideas and, and um, no, no sacrifice by the way yes it was yeah yeah there she was not into human sacrifice right <laughs> right but people that christians don't understand a lot of things and they you know they see this video and they think oh and then the camera pans over right there's the hadron collider right there like oh <laughs> it's good it gives us a little bit that we're at cern guys you know it's obvious that this you know anyway. it is a cern the statues at CERN. Right, yeah. the statues at CERN. And we can get more into like what the statue's about and uh, just hello Jim, uh tell us like uh you know what tell us a little hello. I'm sorry, I've been talking oh, to you. Hey. Yeah. Um just hello. Hello again. <laughs> Wonderful. That's great. I'm glad to have you again and it's great to always like um uh a, a friend Chris Nelson uh he posted a little comment on one of our videos and he says it's always great to have to hear from jim oh, thanks. thanks and i was like 
yeah that's right and i meant that i went and gave you a text i was like hey jim let's do another one and so mm-hmm. this that's why we're here and it's just you know serendipitous and mm-hmm. i'm thankful so um would you like to start with this little one minute 56 second uh in quotes cern sacrifice video yeah yeah i thought it uh would be a nice bit of ridiculousness to uh <laughs> react to like those reaction youtube videos <laughs> right so you got that right all right can you see it i can yeah okay so this is on BitChute. obviously we're not on youtube and this person that we're playing is from hate underscore speech is the name okay well this has had seven thousand views just this person's posting of this video so yeah. uh here i'm gonna go full screen with it all right and we'll play <clears throat> Yeah, so the window there, that's that's a hostel. Uh, it's uh, its where you stay, like, if you're a visitor. In oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they it could be um, not, it's not just, could be students. It could be, like, just anybody that's paying yeah. for yeah. 15 bucks a night at a hostel that's filming this, I mean. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right, we're going to keep playing. I stayed there many times. <laughs> Good. It's got a nice view. <laughs> yeah, and the other building that you see in the distance, that's uh, that's Building 40. All the buildings are named after numbers. Mm-hmm. And the streets are named after scientists. It's <laughs> right. Um, that's the sort of the main administrative building of uh, um, LHC experiment. What the fuck? Oh, excuse me. I'll turn that down. So sorry, guys, for the expletives. <laughs> Yeah. So that person, that person was there before the pe- like the person filming was there, ready to watch as the the hooded, cloaked figures come into frame. So I mean, it's obvious he was waiting for this event. I mean, it. This is such a staged video. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've taken some pictures of the statue myself. Yeah, it's a beautiful statue. Uh, it was a wonderful gift. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the statue and yeah. after. So there's hooded figures walking around the courtyard for the listeners. And there's a golden Shiva statue in a circle of flames yeah. with a drum in one hand and a fire in the other, dancing. Well, they sort of seem to be walking around. Yeah, they're circumnambulating the... Anyway, so they have cloaks that are too short, <laughs> like they're not even the right size. Oh, I see the tennis tennis sneakers I... on the guy. <laughs> well, that's why I was thinking. This guy... like, um... What's that? That's why I was thinking. This sounds like a... so. I pointed you to this uh, uh, some ten years ago. Uh, one of the a, a student that I worked with was involved in a amateur zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> right, right. So students, students that were interning at CERN created a zombie movie, right? Yes. And this is on YouTube, right? It's called Decay. Decay. The LHC zombie movie. You'll find it on YouTube. And it's uh, from 2012. 
It's just silly zombie movie, whatever. But I mean, it's kids having fun. And it's the same as what this is. It's basically what you're telling me, right? That's why it reminds you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know anything of the backstory of actually. Of the, of the, yeah, the film. But that's fine. If the person in the hotel room was, uh, uh, was in on it or not, or if this was intended to be uh, like a joke that got carried to, you know, that, that probably a joke. YouTube yeah. and then got all around, or if this was intended to be like, uh, trying to be a scary sort of thing but, you know, <laughs> like it's real or something yeah. if we want to you know break it down if we want to get to it like yeah. um in fact the the little bar is almost over like this is the end of it i know this is the end but it ends exactly at like when the knife stabs <laughs> this person with this with this tennis sneakers is holding up a knife and walking around okay. and then stabs some woman in the oh, here i paused it Stabs yeah. a woman in the chest, supposedly. There's a person laying there, walking around, and then plunges the knife, supposedly. <laughs> then this guy gets scared. Oh, no. Fuck. Like a Blair Witch Project. Yeah, exactly. The camera's shaking everywhere. Oh. Shit. Oh. Going down the stairs. Going down the stairs, and there it is. There's the large hadron collider right at the end. Uh, it's not right. there, though. What's that? It's not there exactly. They had to no, like. That's, that's not it where in. that is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they had to splice it in. It's obviously not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just silly. So yeah, that was it. It was two minutes of some video recording from a cell phone, and some teenagers with tennis shoes, sneakers, wearing robes that are too small um faking sacrifice because it's fun you know kids like when when i was a kid my friends were punk rock kids and they stole a, a nativity scene from a church and they're like playing around at a party and you know what i mean it's like it's fun to like do blasphemous religious stuff when you know when you're a teenager and whatever so i um I would like all the listeners to recognize that it's it's so like it it couldn't be real like it's not the this the collider isn't there like the LHC isn't there down that hallway you know right. the uh, the camera was waiting for the individuals to walk into frame so he was there ready for the like it, it was planned out so this it is obvious that this CERN human sacrifice is bunk. And I want everybody to know that. Okay. Right. Yeah. But that would be this. That would be the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and then we can go into some more. Like, well, let's let's talk some more about. Uh, like, where where did that where did that statue come from? Was that created by CERN? Did no. CERN create no. it for themselves? No. No, that was a. It was a gift from um, uh, from India. So the uh, CERN is. A, um, it's an interna international organization that has member states, um, like member states and associated member states. And actually, the U.S. is an associate, right? Um, like the second tier, um, and they all are involved in the experiments that are going on there. And one of these, uh, one of these countries that's involved is India, um, and you know they. Have a lot of contributions to uh, to the science that goes on there, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and one point in 2004, there, the uh, uh, Indian government gave a, a gift of the statue to CERN. Um, so it came from the um, um, the Indian uh, uh, Nuclear Agency, which is kind of the equivalent of the uh, the U.S. Department of Energy. Okay. Um, the U- U.S. Department of Energy used to be called the Atomic Energy Con- Commission before they, you know, took a more general, neutral-sounding name. Right. So, um, so the um, it was basically a gift from the Indian government, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. What so it is. Much like the much like the Statue of Liberty is a gift from a French artist, mm-hmm. uh, Freemason. You know, it's a statue of Semiramis. It's not really, it's Columbia, whatever. But um, so anyway, this, so this Shiva statue has nothing, like CERN did not design it. They did not create it for the courtyard. It was a gift given to them by other people who think with a different, they have a different religious perspective. Like they, yeah. Yeah, they thought it was a beautiful thing. Like Shiva is known as the destroyer, but it's also the creator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so CERN. So just to be clear, CERN was happy to accept it. Of course. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, a beautiful idea, and we can talk about why it relates also. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll start there. Okay. But, um, so physicists have historically, and maybe less so recently because of all the trouble it's caused, uh, incorporated religious imagery into, uh, into physics theories. Right. And at the time, 2004, uh, when this was uh, accepted, they, um, that was what CERN was talking about. Was, they, they mentioned how uh, Carl Sagan uh, thought that Shiva being the creator and destroyer was a good uh, metaphor for, um, uh, you know, uh, big bang and a, and, a, and a big collapse, which was still a possibility back then in the, in the 70s. Uh, because Shiva and, does both, does the creation uh, and the destruction. Right. And Carl Sagan also really liked the way that uh, Indian mythology goes into very long time spans. So like in, in Indian mythology, the time span of the, you know, the four eons, the, the which, you know, the, the, um, yeah, the Kali Yuga and yeah, that's uh, what we're in right now. Right, right. So, that, so yeah, there's there's different. It's like the it's like the Western tradition has like the Golden Age, Silver, Bronze, Iron. Same thing. Like there's uh, and the Kali Yuga is like the lowest. Uh, Kali um, is a yeah. is a different god where she uh, dances on the skulls of the dead with like a whipping tongue and people will recognize the tongue from um, Miley Cyrus was doing that a bunch, you know, she was like sticking her tongue out and waving it around Mm -hmm. uh, using uh, evoking that imagery for that type of idea. But yeah, we're apparently we're in the Kali Yuga and that's like the densest, most um, uh, horrific of the ages. Right. Yeah, we should and then we to, cycle around again. Yeah. Right. We should come back to this because Kali has been uh, maligned in the West. <laughs> right, but, uh, right. It, I mean, she she stomps on the heads of the immoral, the people that deserve it, right? It's like a justice, right? Is that? Yeah. Um, 
Well, also, also it's like the forces of karma, like being uh, used, like she's um, enacting those forces and exacting the karma onto the the people who deserve destruction. Right. That's who's under her. That's the skulls that she's dancing on. So um, far as what I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. So, um, oh, and also a thing that I should point out in all of this is that I'm not an expert. Sure. Yeah. We're just talking. Yeah. Right. You're that, a particle right. physicist. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, yeah, yeah. Things yeah. That, that I've read about it. Right. It, it hasn't seemed to me to be uh, such a strongly moral thing that it's necessarily about. Well, karma it, connects to morality. Yeah. yeah. You know, that whole idea of like. Uh, Except it's more automatic. Well, yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. That's why. That's kind of how others that are on the network with me, um, we we refer to this like natural law as, and it kind of it is automatic, like um, because people see the bad that you do, and it creates a vibration that you know what I mean, and the, those other people are the <laughs> are the mirror of that energy, you know. So it. Um, it is automatic and it's inherent in nature. You know, it's like to be discovered, like gravity, like you fall, if you go off a cliff, like, Oh, like you do, if you do bad, you get bad things. You know what I mean? It like, that's how we, that's how like, it's a lot of the listeners um, will understand when I say that, you Mm -hmm. know, so like the morality, uh, it Kali is the force of nature. Like she's like, yes, it's like, yeah, right. right. It's not like, um, it's like the idea, like a god embodies the forces, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. In fact, uh, in fact, uh, I'll tell the story that I've read. Okay. Uh, and then we'll get back to physics. Is that? Uh, uh, so actually, she connect. She's connected with Shiva. Right. So Shiva's wife, Pravarti, they're both the very uh, more very ascetic um, uh, sort of. They're, they're the the ascetic, see, is, is there a synonym for ascetic, uh, self uh right uh, kind of side of, of of Hinduism? They you know they they meditate on on the mountain a lot. Right, right. Like they, um, yeah. Like Buddha, Buddha did those. He would visit the ascetics to learn and like you know yeah. the ones yeah. that starved themselves. He would go further and like have one hemp seed a day. You know and like. It right. was it was a way of punishing the body to attain to uh, to get closer with the spirit, right? Right. And whereas Buddha turned back toward yes. the uh, the middle path, right? Uh, um, uh, Shiva yeah. and Pravarti still represent an extreme. They are you know hardcore, right? Right. Right. Um, Pravarti, uh, she has a that's in her like that's even in her like her as as a as a wife aspect mm-hmm. she has a a warrior aspect which is durga you know she become when when there was this um rampaging uh bull centaur uh she became durga um, hmm. many arms and she you know and she was a warrior right right and then um the problem was that this this bull I hope i'm not missing mixing stories but uh this bull had um uh, was also an ascetic and, and it built up this uh, this power that whenever he was attacked, um, the, all of any bits of blood that he had would turn up and start more fighting. bulls. Yeah. What's that? 
Yeah. yeah I start fighting for him. So then, so then you couldn't kill this guy because the more you, you did it, the more, you know, right. the order is. Uh, and as Durga, she got so frustrated by that, that she just like, blew her top and became Kali. Oh. And the thing with the tongue, the long tongue that's like lapping up blood. Yeah. She's lapping up that bull demon's blood. I see. And that's how she subdued it. Oh. But then the problem was that now she was just, you know, dancing like crazy, you know, just like, you know, right. very destructive. Uh, so uh, Shiva laid down and was allowing, allowing himself to get polarized by her until she realized what she was doing and like relaxed and came back. And <laughs> came Pravati again. And, you know, that's so. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's the story. That's like, that's our job as a husband to just let her freaking yell at us and. Like, 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 let it stretch it all out. Get it all out. Okay, you can yell at me. All right, so that's great. Um, so Shiva, um, Shiva, we're getting back to that. So mm -hmm. Shiva is the the force of creation. Is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that, that's is that why they relate this discovery? Like, I mean, CERN is like trying to understand the fundamental building blocks of reality. You know, right. and the forces right. that are, you know, harnessed in them. I guess I don't know. Um, and so, it Shiva is a natural relation. I mean, Carl Sagan is a pretty smart guy. You'd think. Would you? What do you think about that? Right. Yeah. So, so you dedicated a few minutes to in uh, uh, Cosmos. You know that long, that um, series from the seventies. Mm -hmm. uh, about science, uh, he he spent some time uh, just sort of introducing um, uh, Hinduism, uh, and specifically uh, Shiva as the creator and destroyer, um, to represent. You know, he says, you know, wow, you know, of all the religions in the world, this one got closest to the correct time scale. Hmm. In fact, it overdid the time scale because you know the universe uh, since the. Uh, uh, the Big Bang, which is not the beginning, but not necessarily right, the expansion. We talked about that in an earlier right, exactly. show. The, the start of expansion right. um, was uh, like 13.6 billion years ago. And if you like uh, multiply out how large an eon is and how many eons are in the, uh, the, the four yugas, um, uh, it adds up to, I think, more than that. Um, wow. You know, wow. So we're still on the first cycle of these yugas. Well, that, I mean, in, in Hinduism, does it loop cycle. around again, like the Mayan yes, calendar? Okay. Right, and that's the point. That's the thing that uh, that's that's I think why Carl Sagan in particular was really uh, into that was because uh, at his time, in his time, when uh, the, there was a possibility of a big crunch, and in fact, Sternberg thought that was likely. You know, they're thinking, okay, well, there's a big bang. Maybe it bounces, right? Right, right. So because, like, every force has an equal opposite force, you know, reaction, like uh, Newton's laws and such. So um, if there's energy going one way, it has to go the other way to balance itself, right? Because of the polarity of our existence, right? Yeah. Um, at that time, they thought there was enough matter density in the universe to slow the because the gravity pulling itself together again right right and then when it does and everything crunches then what happens after that and you know 
it would have to bang out again. It bangs again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we've discovered, um, science has discovered that there's so little matter and it's more dark matter, right? And we talked right. about dark matter in the other episode. Right, right. So actually, it's sort of the opposite problem. The it can just end forever. It's so fast that... Right. Yeah. And, oh, and it's going faster too, right? Right. It's, so it doesn't look like it's ever going to come back together. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, those are wonderful thoughts to think. Um, I mean, if they're going to, if, if, if it's going to be created, why would it be created to be destroyed? You know, why would, why would the creator make something that is going to kill itself? Like, anyway. Well, yeah, we, that kind of why question, you know, that kind of why question is not answered by science. Of course. Know, that that of course. particular kind of why question. Right. Uh, and, you know, why would it be created just to be destroyed? And, created again well that's the kind of right and then well oh maybe like noah's flood like was destroyed and then more creation again like oh maybe god messed up the first time and had to like start again <laughs> yeah well but i mean uh yeah those kind of thoughts will lead you down a religious path instead of uh science path because you can't with material with matter you can't understand spirit really mm -hmm. i mean you can decipher the forces that are enacted upon that matter and you can make calculations but really you know and you told me in in another episode that you know all of this science discovery has led you further towards religion is that's right right mm -hmm. good um not strictly because of what's there um don't want to give the impression that uh if you become a scientist and learn all the things you will necessarily become religious sure right I mean, but you're inquisitive. You're gonna keep asking questions, and yeah. you're not gonna be like, "Oh, this is the answer." Oh, that's Stop. it. You know, like not interested anymore. Next yeah. problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. What'll pay me for my next project? Right. Who Who do I have to please? And you know, what kind of science has to be bended? So anyway, um, yeah. So that's a true scientist is gonna keep further searching like Newton was a religious man you know um, like really like and science stems from religion and it's it's just the inquisitive mind and how to how to organize the thoughts and how to how to make mm -hmm. proper uh, calculations and apply them to nature mm -hmm. if you're okay with me theorizing away uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a, a thought that that uh, science in Europe got started, you know, in the in the way that we can't think currently think of it. Mm -hmm. uh, science, the scientific revolution of the 1500s or so. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me like it got started out of uh, uh, theology. Yeah, I agree. You know, the conflict between like Thomas style, you know, a Thomas Aquinas, mm -hmm. um, uh, very theoretical, but you know, uh, the way that he wrote his books was um, um, he would write a proposition and they would write arguments against it. Right. And then he would answer those arguments. That's like, really the best way to, to think a thought. Yeah. Even like uh, we played uh, on Black Pill Digest, we played an audio clip of John Taylor Gatto, who was a teacher. And he said that that's how he thinks out ideas. He'll He'll write it out, and then he'll try to argue with himself mm -hmm. until he can't go right. any further. Right, yeah. right. 
Yeah, and like like in a in a science like a scientific discovery usually ends with, I can't make the effect go away. Right. <laughs> you know, I can't like. Uh, uh, I haven't been able, you know, in all of my arguing with myself and trying to make this effect to go away and right. uh, 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 and find that's, the flaw. Right. And that's when, you know, when there's no more inconsistencies, then yeah. like it's most resonant and most truth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so, I mean, because nature has no inconsistencies, like there are mm -hmm. no, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance shouldn't be used in the mind of a scientist you gotta be able to figure out like if if two things negate each other they can't both be true so the more right. of that you filter right. out or those, about it wrong or right you know something so anyway there was there's the thomas aquinas type and there are also the the william of ockham types and they were actually they're opposed um william of ockham was more you know the uh Occam's razor um, uh, wanted to uh, minimize theory. So I kind of see a proto-theorist and a proto-experimentalist in this. Um, and, uh, and they didn't, you know, they didn't figure it out. You know, they didn't uh, 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 eventually push to smaller and smaller questions, smaller than, you know, God and the universe uh, right. to, uh, uh, and develop into the empirical method. Right. Like, actually knowing something about something small. Okay, that's good. Let's actually know something about another small thing. And right. And then you can make yeah. a tapestry of that and have a general right. understanding of, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the more you like, the more you clean away all of those uh, conflicting pieces, as you clear that away, then you find the path towards truth and like each generation gets further closer. And as the generations progress, uh, you know, we've had chemistry and, you know, they wanted to isolate the gold in urine. And I forget who it was, the scientist or whatever. And like, so he basically boiled it down and boiled it down until he discovered phosphorus. And then like, oh, you know, like it's an element and then they, you know, the further understanding, like, it's, I feel bad for his wife having to live in that house with the pee <laughs> boiling all the time. But, but still, like, uh, you, you know, they thought, oh, well, we'll get gold, like, because everything in nature is within us. And like, the, as, a, a, you know, as, you know, within, so without, and like, so gold exists out in the world and my pee looks gold. So let's find out. <laughs> you know? golden, golden stream. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so like um, it, he discovered gold in a new way, you know, phosphorus. Uh, it, you know, you can create light with phosphorus. I mean, you, basically it was the beginning of the, of the discovery of elements and, the, you know, okay. um, finding the, the fundamental pieces of matter you know and breaking down the molecules into so and then we go yeah. further into particle physics like the particles within the atoms of the elements uh mm -hmm. and that's where you're on that train and you're you know you're on you know on the leading edge. well i, I don't know you, you tell me if you're on the leading edge of the discoveries but you're oh. there helping <laughs> you're, help, you're running the the you know you're helping to run the machinery and the, the computer yeah and the computer programs and so like you might not be there pushing the button but 
you know, you're involved and you, you're learning all of the new um, discoveries, you know, you're staying on the pulse of that. Yeah. You know, nobody is, is pushing the button. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a community of joint um, thing, like to yeah. try to heal after World War II, right? Because they're trying yeah. to bring Europe together. And, right. Yeah. It's thousands of people, um, each working on some small part. Um, right. And I'm actually even uh, somewhat removed from that, somewhat separated from that, because because uh, I'm not doing physics directly anymore. I'm uh, doing computing. Right, right. Computing that's used in the physics. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, some people are building detectors and some people are... Right. Uh, Think about how many people are involved. Like, how, it's just well, you would be able to be answer that, but uh, it's it's such a huge endeavor, and I think because it's such a huge joint endeavor, people that are afraid of new world order, globalism, and and stuff are uh, they get weary of this. You know, they see all the nations working together to create this one thing and like, Oh, what are they doing? Oh, we, well, we know that they're dark occultists and they're probably opening portals to the underworld and right. freeing the Titans and, you know, and using the fact that lots of things are circular and overlaying them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's circular. Like the Stargate movie. It's like really people. Yeah. Uh, wow. We do have a video. We can talk about that a little later, but we're still the talking. The pipe's this big, by the way. The what? The pipe? Oh, the, yeah. yeah. It's like that big? Right, yeah. right. They're talking about the Grockenberg Tunnel or Gothenburg or whatever. Um, it's not related at all. But anyway, people people get in their head. They think, ooh. You know, and there was like, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We're going to go on. So, so uh, Carl Sagan... Relating Shiva. Um, uh, now, this, this this understanding of the fundamental bits of Nate of of the that's where Shiva comes in because Shiva is like where the energy meets the matter, right? And that's dancing with time in one hand and eternity in the other. You know, um, weaving with his dance reality. Right. Yeah, yeah, and if you were to get into it, then you know each of his arms is holding something, some other piece of something, right? Uh, and all have symbolism. And I just uh, I don't remember. Yeah, no, you don't have to. It's <laughs> remember that the Ganges flows through his hair. That's the part that I remember. And so actually, most of the statue's hair is out. Like <laughs> that's cool. you know, there's, there's bits there coming out. This is supposed to be hair. Right. Okay. Uh, so it's not fire. It looks like kind of because there's a circle of flames around. Yeah, there's there's fire there too. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's so this um, the the idea of the dance relates to the um, like the electrons are always moving, the vibration of the atoms. Is that is that right? Is it? Am I? Um. So that uh. So that's that's reading into it, which is not bad. But, okay. Um. That's more than what Carl Sagan said, and then when when CERN was accepting the statue, uh, they <laughs> sent me something. <laughs> the cat, <laughs> drawing cat. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, uh, the where was I? The oh yeah. So 
So when CERN was accepting the statue, they said a lot about Carl Sagan right. in their, their write-up. Okay. Um, and uh, because they wanted to, well, sure, CERN isn't going to want to make it sound like they are uh, uh, picking religious favorites or, you know, something like that because that's right. Because it's the joint thing with everybody. Uh, yeah. And also there are scientific. Yeah, right. Right. Anyway. It sounded like they were, they were endorsing some, some religion then. Well, then, then, you know, you, that would suggest like, oh, if, if you go deep into particle physics, you would, you know, necessarily Hinduism or something, or yeah. as opposed to necessarily becoming Christian or necessarily becoming Muslim or you right. know, Buddhist or something. Right. Um, and it doesn't, you know, there's no like necessary connection there. And they, because of their position, they have to be really political and really uh, yeah. and it is from one government to another government. You know, yeah. it's not like right. a private person right. sending it to like, yeah. Yeah, right. And so they had to make sure to, to say that they're, you know, they're, they're honored. Thank you very much. And we're not, you know, saying that because of particle physics, therefore Hinduism, you know. Right. right. <laughs> Um, you can draw that conclusion, but that, that certain certain certainly isn't going to. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. Please continue. I thought you. Yeah, actually, no. And there and there is something else that um, uh, more than just uh, Carl Sagan featuring it once. Uh, it was kind of a thing that I've noticed. Uh, particle physics did from about 1940 to 1980 that um, you were talking, so actually, let's start with the, the phosphor and the P. Okay. Uh, so uh, from alchemy, you know, the number of elements seemed to, they were expecting a small number of elements, right? Right. Like water, fire or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and phosphor uh, is one of a hundred elements, you know, 92-ish. Um, that, uh, you know, when they started looking into it, they were finding, oh, phosphor has nothing to do with tin. Tin has nothing to do with iron. Right. And, you know, it just seems uh, um, when you go empirical, you find, oh, this harmony that we were expecting to find kind of doesn't seem to be here. It's this, you know, cacophony of like a hundred different elements. Really different parts. Right. 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 Um, and they have they each have their own um like it's like they have their own personality i guess you know they they present themselves in the world totally different than each other yeah right some family resemblances and so that's why the the periodic table kind of works right um but those but those are also kind of rough because uh um um yeah because they're not exactly the same as each other um, in the 20th century, physics really unified. Um, they found that the reason for the elements was because of different numbers of protons and therefore electrons. Uh, and so they, you know, the things in the same family of a periodic table have the same number of valence electrons, outermost shell electrons. And with that number of outermost shell electrons, it's going to have, you know, certain basic properties of being able to link up, you know, having how many hands you know are going to make molecules like right, yeah right, right right but then that's not perfect because as you go down in the periodic table within a family uh, they become bigger heavier more complex elements with more 
uh, electrons under the valence electrons that mess things up a little bit. So, you know, they're not, they're not all. They're not as stable as the other ones, right? Uh, well, that's, too, that's true too. As you go up in the periodic table, also uh, the nuclei are radioactive, more, or more often radioactive. Um, so there's the valence electrons for how they interact chemically, which is complicated by when, as the uh, atom gets bigger, there's the nuclei, which uh, um, have, some of those are stable, others of those are unstable. Okay. Um, but just being able to get, you know, imagine having all of that and not knowing about protons or neutrons. And it's just like, oh, we've got a hundred things and they're all just different. Right. There's protons, there's neutrons, there's electrons. Right. You know, and there's like this, and it all comes out of the number of these. And, and if you, uh, uh, it's like the holy trinity. Yeah. So you can calculate these hundreds of properties from this very small set of things. And it was, you know, it was a time of, you know, theoretical unification. It's like, uh, uh, right. It, it all makes sense. And others are like, oh, yeah. And it makes sense for their calculations, too. And everybody's right. like, whoa, wow. We, we, they hit a nerve and they're like, right. they're like electrified with this happiness. Yeah. Like, they're, oh, we're getting close to truth. Right. Yeah. And it's not only exciting, but also, you know, you can see how people can uh, go, oh, we've hit bottom. Right. Oh, like there's nothing else to know. Or, or but not in a bad way you know some like uh, like we think, finally discovered reality you know yeah i think that the when the religious metaphors were getting into physics and i'll and mm -hmm. no just a, there's just a few of these they kind of start with kind of start with oppenheimer uh he was the the guy who led the manhattan project right um and he used uh i am become death like that's yeah. that's a quote from uh uh indian a text i forget uh, yeah the, um, yeah okay it's the one in the middle of the, the mahabharata it's the yeah right that one gita the bhagavad gita bhagavad gita right yeah, the lord's right. song right yes and like oh now i am become death great you know and that's like and that was like on the helmet of uh animal mother and like full metal jacket it became this thing like oh, yeah. atomic power is like the the destruction of Shiva, right? And oh, you well, are investigating atomic power. <laughs> well, we get before we get too far. Uh, okay. There was Krishna's uh, uh, transfiguration as Vishnu, so actually not Shiva. Okay, okay, yeah. right. Well, anyway, I'm just saying, like the, uh, <laughs> the 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 destruction uh, aspect of it. Yeah, well, yeah, and that, and and usually when when people. When people are talking about Shiva as the creator and destroyer, they'll refer to Vishnu as the preserver. Right. Um, uh, and I, and another thing, another uh, is that um, the word there for death uh, uh, is also the word for time. <laughs> and the normal translation, when it's not Oppenheimer, you know, translating it would the normal translation for that text would be. Uh, uh, I've become time, the destroyer of worlds. Wow. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow. but the same, the same um, uh, section, same verse, um, has uh, brilliance of 10,000 suns, which, you know, surely he was thinking He's about. trying to relate that to wow. the atomic bomb, right? Yeah. Uh, so there was that. 
Um, and that's kind of like, it's his creation, like apparently, like he's leading the project and it's kind of an egoic type of thing. Like, look at this, I am become death. Like, whoa, guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> call your jets, bro. <laughs> but anyway. he's a, Well, he was an interesting guy. Um, right. uh, like after the war, he was, he was always, um, he was the one who, he, he went to LBJ. Yeah, well, that's bad uh, enough right there. No, no, he went, <laughs> he went to him after the war and okay. said, uh, uh, um, you know, we have blood on our hands. Like, yeah. he meant it, you know, seriously. Because yeah. obviously, you know, just think about it. Right. I mean, it was, it was like really big into this uh, this contrition, right? And right. everybody was like, get this away from me, you know, <laughs> get this guy away from me. Right. Uh, and he was, uh, and then became a victim of uh, McCarthyism. You know, so he was, yeah, Carthy should have been rooting out like slightly <laughs> different people. Like the the idea of there's like a cabal within government that's trying to destroy America. That's still happening. Like, it, anyway, yeah, communism is bad, but collectivism is the true evil, and everybody's infected with that bullshit. You know what I mean? Even just voting. Is, anyway, we don't need to go there. But yeah, um, so Oppenheimer started this kind of religious thinking. Yeah, kind of. I think that um, and uh, creation and destruction operators might have been slightly before that. Yeah, it was slightly before that. But um, uh, Gelman's The Eightfold Way to bring Buddhism in, into it. Okay. Uh, yeah, The Eightfold Way is like a finding, <laughs> finding uh, uh, peace and harmony in your life and like to to overcome the problems within like uh, we talked about that with on my show i talked about that with uh jose perez a good friend of mine and he's a buddhist and he explained uh the four and then the eightfold way and it's a great episode and if people want to learn more about that please give that one a listen so, yeah 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 so eight, i don't remember them all but eightfold way are things like uh want to have the right kind of occupation the right, right kind of behavior the right right, kind of right. Mind, so right. like it's to it's to orient yourself so that you're not causing harm to others you know and mm -hmm. you start like you that's how to heal the world is to heal yourself and then that way you're not you're not causing harm anymore and you need to like look at you know your body and then look at your family and then look out further into like you know see your effect in the world basically right and, and to show just kind of how crazy this got the eightfold way in in particle physics was eight mesons particles okay. that have a relationship to each other it's kind of like uh it's kind of like uh the periodic table but instead of being rectangular it's they're they're these hexagons Hmm. Um, so six, and then there's two more in, a, in the center, sort of. So it's, it was really, it was just an arrangement of particles that, you know, that... Uh, just a map, like a mapping yeah. of particles. Yeah. And he said, oh, this is just like the, the Buddhist way of life. <laughs> he just named it that because there were eight of them. Right. <laughs> so like, you wow. know... This was this is kind of the height of it. And really grasping at straws, like wow. 
yeah, this is this is the height of that in the mid '60s, and probably the, the tail end. In the, the mid '60s glimmer. too, like there was a lot of people that everybody's looking to the east. The Beatles when like yeah. you know got like they're got raped on by the you know the guru over there. Like basically, um, yeah, there was that there was an expansion, and that was part of a mind control operation. You know, get everybody tripping mushrooms and then taking the you know CIA's LSD and like listen to the Grateful Dead and like. Oh, I don't want to do society. I just want to grow my hair long and live in the mud, you know, and that way they're preserving their, you know, their order with this five to one of like the baby boom. They couldn't have all those people joining the workforce and like couldn't have them all like doing the stock market. It would ruin everything, you know, so let's train them to be monkeys and live in the woods and then they'll leave us alone and the grateful dead went around and scooped them up so that whole thing of like the the eastern like it it's it it breaks away from their christian ideals and then it introduces these other it's a caste system too so like the britain britain owned india basically because of the opium wars and the domination of the world. And uh, they, they ran into this caste system and they're like, this is good. We like this. I mean, they even called themselves Boston Brahmins. Um, you know, uh, it's, they, they were the moneyed rulers of the day basically. And they named themselves Brahmins because they're just taking this idea yeah. and, um, Anyway, so uh, this is like they they inflicted that caste system onto America and then with Britain at the top, you know, so that they're still wielding America. It's a way of capturing America by proxy, you know, um, and made us join both world wars and, you know, the CIA was created and they still dominating the world, but they're using American muscle. It's the same, you know. Uh, rule britannia is still happening <laughs> but anyway this and this yeah. go ahead what and then that? number one thing in the indian constitution says they get uh uh independence and the caste system right yeah and it took decades to 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 even right. get where they are now right because um, it's like it's it's structure of human slavery you yeah. know and it keeps them in their place and they never revolt again <clears throat> you know um it's sick and there's a lot of like other religions do do it in different ways yeah you know um not just picking on them <laughs> but at least with the the you know with the buddhist idea you can like kind of climb out through dying and then getting reborn <laughs> but still you're like actually if i can go way off please you know, yeah, from, yeah just go, go off so, actually do you know that i don't know if I, a couple of weeks ago i was in india right tell us about oh, that yeah you went okay. to Mumbai? Uh, so I went to Mumbai, and it was because we're setting up this this computing thing. This, mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, and I immediately got sick. I got COVID like like <laughs> the second day that I was there, mm -hmm. uh, and then that all got complicated. But uh, but I did still get to like go around, you know, go around and see things. Good. Um, and among the things, so uh, Ambedkar is a uh, guy's last name. He was involved in the drafting of the Indian constitution. Okay. And he, uh, his, he, his family, where he's from, is, he's an untouchable. 
Um, oh, right. Like, um, like, like a, a British yeah. agent, basically, right? No, no, he was, okay. he was Indian. Yeah. Oh, right. He, Untouchable, like a Brahmin, like let that kind of level. What, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's Brahmins, the warrior caste starts with a V, and I can't pronounce the word. And then there's workers. And then right. there's outside the caste system, which is even worse. Okay. Uh, and they're the ones who had to, like, like total filth. Um, Right. Yeah, they, they were the ones who handled the dead, right? Latrines, you know, and the like, epsilons of the Brave New World book, right? The epsilons of the you epsilons, know, they're right. like we're right. happy, we're not alphas, right. right? Right. Um, well, they weren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably no, they weren't, and they had to yeah. dream of like, oh, maybe if we can die and be reborn, like, yeah. So please. Well, Continue. Right, he, yeah. he drafted it because he was one of the most oppressed. His family was one of the most oppressed. Is that what you're saying? Right, Untouchable right. because they're so dirty. They right. they handle the dead. Right. 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 Okay. I see. And, um, and you know, walking around, I saw a lot of Ambed Car statues. Uh, um, because because where I wandered, like I didn't have like a map or anything. I was just going around, and and I got into some a lot of the slums. Mm hmm. Um, and like where they build their own house out of trash and it's just like, like everything. They were very, they're yeah. improvised housing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And even the animals had it bad, you know, the, uh, yeah. the vet, like with the. Cause uh, the feces in the streets, like, I mean, they, they dump it in the street. Like there's a, yeah. It wasn't just, and that's not just the slums. Right. I know. Yeah. And well, Britain used to be that way, too. You know, that's why the man used to walk uh, on the side of the road and the woman is closer to the building so that when the urine and shit comes from the upper windows, it goes out. You know, they throw it out towards the road if you're closer to the. Sorry, I was okay. interrupted your shit. But I mean, that's like because like the etiquette of walking with a woman on the road is related to urine and poop getting thrown in the street from the upper okay. second, third and fourth floor <laughs> yeah was, so like so it you know britain thinks they're civilized but they had shit in the streets too that's all i'm saying yeah 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 no and um well in, in the in, in some of the neighborhoods it was uh the dogs and cats and goats <laughs> Uh, Baby goats are cute, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But they were all, you know, but uh, also I was there at the hottest time of year. So like everybody upon everybody, including the animals, they were, you know, just sort of laying down and yeah, like, <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, it, you know, in, did you I'm see like, any, like any, um, did you see like, uh, like the markets and stuff and the people oh, yeah. trying to, get attention with all the colors and everything oh my goodness i i learned a new word physical marketing physical marketing what's that yeah. all about so like the many times someone on the street would like you know say oh hey you take me into their store at the upper story <laughs> right and then you gotta like you can't then in, you're the tiny little, in the tiny little like narrow area yeah. and then they're trying to sell me like carpets right and like i don't want to buy any carpets Right. Uh, and one guy was like, well, so I apologize for the physical marketing, but, you know, we have to do this because, you know, we were and like physical marketing. That's what it's called. Wow. You know, it's it's a, 
grabbing yeah. you off the street. But that's, you know, they, they're like, oh, you're an American. You got money. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, you're one of the scientist guys. You're not like some rich guy driving a, you know, expensive car. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're probably carrying a backpack. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, I, I guess everybody is backpacking. That's the thing. But anyway, like, I don't see you as as somebody that will, you know, and like, oh, look at, would you like this dress, honey? And then buy from the window shopping. Like, it's like that. That doesn't happen in our reality. You know. Yeah, right, right. And it was hard to say, like, like you know, they would be saying, um, uh, you know, that these are very nice uh, clothes, carpet watches uh, or whatever, you know, and, and statues or, or clothes or right. you know, um, you know, the, the and the, my prices are lower than the other guy over there. And I'm like, well, that's great, but I don't want any. Right. <laughs> so. So did you get your way? Did you make how far? How long does it take to get to across a courtyard with all those people physical marketing you? Like, did it? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Where uh, so you got to see their um, their houses and this is so. What do you what do you think? Like these this poverty stricken country. Does it seem weird to you that they're like? such a big part of CERN that's such an expensive project. Um, there's a lot of, there's like yeah, a lot. Right. Yeah, please. Right. Good question. Because, um, and, and I, and I mentioned this not because I'm uh, wanting to keep onto a stereotype, but actually because it surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been, yeah, I've been working with a lot, lots of Indians for, for years now. And, um, and my impression is that it's, a, uh, that the, the, you know the stereotypes of, of our past generation of calling it like a third world nation and such like that are, are um, you know, just stereotypes, right. right? Because I just see all these people coming out and they're very determined and they're very intelligent and they're very you know ready to to do things. Yes. Uh, and uh, and I had that like in mind when I went there, and then I realized that no, I'm I've met like. Uh, like it's it's a country the driven that, ones that made it to America to work with you. No, no, they're all driven. Yeah, even, well, the, true, yeah. even the panhandlers who would like um, you got to be it's not go away for like five blocks. Yeah, driven. Yeah. Yes, everyone's <laughs> driven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's. I mean, that's the most populated country, right? They got a Indonesian. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> you know, there's. Right if there's a scarcity the most populous place is going to have that scarcity and like mumbai is like it's big city you know um, yeah so they got to fight for it like i would like jennifer and i went through like los angeles and we were like traveling in the camper and we were like okay let's see if they got free sandwiches and we go and you know like on the internet oh you can get a free sandwich whatever and we so we go and there's like hordes of homeless that are like fighting in the street, screaming, and it's just like, whoa, turn around, you know. Like if you're in Vermont, there's like free food at every church, and everybody's loving and happy. But it's like Mad yeah. Max in LA, you know. Okay. So it's I'm sure Mumbai is different, like because it's such a big city, you know. With the okay, yeah, yeah, there. yeah. There's something like that because what it reminded me of was San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Especially with the shit in the streets. Right. Yeah. 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 
And I think that what's different is maybe just the laws in San Francisco are more, yeah, or more. Well, I mean, they, yeah, they made it illegal to have plastic bags at the grocery store. So now the homeless have nothing to defecate in. So they just do it in the streets because they're pissed at the government. I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so more of that kind of, kind of thing, like af after I was walking, after I saw the schwals, right, that's what the, the slums are called. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was starting to look things up. I was like, okay, um, you know, what's, you know, what's going on here? What, what am I missing? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's missing quite a lot. So like those areas of town is the, the, the biggest slums in the world in, right. um, uh, are also very expensive real estate. Just like San Francisco, right? I guess, yeah. But the thing is that um, they would love to be building like high rises there, hmm. um, and so they're trying to force uh, people who are living in the slums out of the slums. They're right. trying to force them into like um, little high rises, you know, like like like, uh, like what they did in Chicago, like uh, yeah, like projects, right? That kind of thing, right? Um, which would and there was more crime, like it would make it worse, but at least it wouldn't be rickety, like old. Exactly. Old, old wood, like whatever they're living in now. Like it, that's true. The the uh, uh, it would be a step up for like having running water, and right. structurally and uh, right. And but then like the government but it's step down. Right. The government um, has control of it now, and then you're like in their system, and yeah, it'd be a step down uh, because in in these. Um, in the slums, they have uh, a community that they right. wouldn't have if they're all parceled out into different rooms. Right. And, and they use their their homes as factories. Yeah, um, that's their little laboratories or whatever where they do, they, they stain, you know, stain you know, they're building things. What's that? They're building things. Like in some of these areas, there was like a lot of machinery. There's this awful lot of like, um, sawdust and metal fragments and stuff in the air. Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard to breathe. <laughs> but uh, um, industry, cottage industry, literally cottage industry. Right. Um, it's uh, an agorist dream, right? They're, they're just, you know, they're doing it without government help and they're making, you know, yeah. making their yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know what to think of it. Like, because, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually trying to push, push them like, out. Of course, they are. Yeah. In order, to, in order to push them out, they've been they've been limiting the hours during the day when you can get water. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Like, they've got a tap, and you know, you go to the tap with a bucket, and and the tap now you know has like only on from this hour to this hour. Wow. Right. In order to try to uh, scare them away. Yeah. yeah. Wow. In America, in order to, when they don't like all the homeless showing up, they buy them a ticket to San Francisco. <laughs> the government like actually gives you a bus ticket, and like okay. it, it, Portland, Oregon too. There's a lot of people. They just ship them up, and it's just like to get rid of them. And they, what is it with the West Coast? Because I was. Uh, there's a bunch of it's just a, the the lefty governments like all that. They accept all that, and they give away all the free, you know. 
they give homeless people everything for free and so it's like a dreamland for them to go to portland because like they can shoot up in the streets and they can like do whatever and nobody like i know this is pretty far off topic but like when i was in portland (laughs) there were like female bike cops that would like tiptoe up to these drunk they were drunk homeless and they were like empty bottles strewn around and it was like morning and they're still laying around like sprawled out bottles like all over and they're just snoring and you know these nice woman bike cops just like walk up and excuse me and they're like get out of here you know they got like it's so in any other place it'd be like a big strong dude like kicking them you know like a cop or whatever but still like in portland it's like you know very uh, kid gloves on the homeless and so also washington dc like that everybody ships them all to washington dc i think it's to punish the, the lawmakers or whatever but the people use that as a as a bargaining chip and a tool for getting what they want in the government or whatever but anyway we're pretty far off topic yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm sorry so like um the indian uh like so the the, there's a lot of mathematicians coming out of India. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that is a stereotype too, right? Um, oh. I don't know. Like the Asian with the calculator and the Indian, like um, they're all you know. But anyway, I guess uh, yeah, maybe yeah. But but there's a lot of they uh, they all uh, they add their efforts to the mathematics of uh, of the processing of the CERN uh discovery well, yeah mathematics and physics and computing and and all that yeah right. and for a moment there i thought you were talking about yeah ancient mathematics which oh we'll talk about that too um yeah that would be more interesting i would like to hear more about that sure. so um how because i mean we get our one through ten from the muslims right yeah. and how did we come to like how did india come to their math system what are they yeah well it was originally um it, it was re- the decimal system that we have originally uh-huh. came from you know came through islam uh from india interesting so like it originated there and that way they break they can break down into smaller increments and that leads itself to the understandings that your uh, field of science is searching for the smaller and smaller right yeah so actually, the decimal arithmetic is one of the is one of the things that's recognized as coming from India, uh, widely. But uh, but what I've been surprised about in the last few years is uh, um, how it's not just that. Um, that uh, it makes sense that it's not just that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, I mean, to me, I mean, like if they're yeah, yeah. Please continue. Sorry. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But no, I mean, not just that. Like other things, uh, like Pascal's triangle. Uh, Fibonacci sequence uh, uh, binary. Really? Yeah. So binary. computing itself came from. Okay. Well, that's yeah. So that's like an overstatement, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, binary is how it works. That's how yeah. the punch card worked, and the first yeah. computers like. And in the context. Punched, got punched, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, one person in particular I got very uh, interested in was uh, Panini who is uh, founded linguistics 
um, and linguistics didn't you didn't really become a science the way that it did until uh, um, well uh, until like a few hundred years ago in, in in Europe and that's like exactly when contact with India was <laughs> uh, but Panini laid down um, well, he formalized Sanskrit into a short list of like four thousand rules and <laughs> but they're but they're rules without exceptions. It's not I I before ye except after C. It's mm -hmm. I before E. Um, and there is like a meta language um, and uh, meta language for philosophy is that a language for describing language. Okay. And okay. Um, and uh, those those were needed, you know, in early computing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like the the Algol programming language is the first one that was designed with a um, uh, Algol with a, like the like the demon star <laughs> is that yeah yeah uh, Algol was was the is the programming language that uh, uh, introduced a lot of the things that that modern programmers would think is just absolutely basic how could you have a language without these things right uh, for if statements. But also, it had a formal grammar um, and uh, Bacchus Noir form. Um, and now, you know, whenever a new language is introduced, they always describe it in, in Bacchus Noir form. But Bacchus then, Noir. So, like the god of wine and sex and black. Is that what you're saying? Bacchus? Not N O R. N U R. And um, which one? What, spell it again. John Bacchus. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking Bacchus, like, you know, pan with the flute, you know. <laughs> I think I think it's spelled differently. Yeah. Okay, all right. I think they're both spelled differently. Okay. But yeah, there, there were two Dionysus, people on this committee. Bacchus, okay. Right. There were two people on this committee, but that's that's still just, that's still the way that uh, grammars are described. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, this is also the time of Chomsky. Oh, I hate that guy. Wow. Okay, but, you know. He well, I mean, I used to like him, but now he's like, <laughs> if you, if you. I don't want to yeah. go into it. Oh yeah, and then oh, he goes way beyond linguistics, especially yeah, fine, fine, fine. He's into like he, he thinks that humans deserve to die if they don't do what the government says. You know, uh, okay. that guy is a piece of yeah, for real. Okay, yeah, well, I know he's got a lot of weird ideas. Yeah, and if you mention Building Seven with the nine eleven, he yells at you and he says you're stupid for not believing what the government says, and then later. Now that um, there was that whole thing with the jabs, uh, he said that we need to get all the people that won't take the jab out of society, and if they can't feed themselves, well, too bad. That's what he said. <laughs> so uh, that guy can burn in hell. I don't. And and he worked with Epstein. He were Epstein was. Uh, doing financial invest like was moving money for Chomsky. Why was Chomsky dealing with Epstein, who is a pedophile and child trafficker? You know, so that guy is total trash. And just had to say that. Anyway, moving on from Chomsky. <laughs> please, please talk about Chomsky, but like, <laughs> yeah, he's not a <laughs> I'm talking about in the fifties. Yeah. He was talking about freedom back then and like, oh, everybody, he got everybody on the hook and made everybody think that he was like 
you know, at least like libertarian or anarchist and like had these like freedom ideas and, you know, um, load, le- lead you down a rosy path and then gatekeep you from true freedom. That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. There's a lot of those people that are showing their face after the last couple of years. And like, I will never forgive them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, uh, but we don't need to talk about that. So uh, like, um, they had this language that fit itself very well for computing. So it's only natural that they are still worker bees doing the computing now. Right. Well, I think that, um, uh, the reason that I'm, I'm kind of soft peddling this, this, um, this, we got it from India thing mm-hmm. that, uh, um, that, uh, not obviously not everything. And, and I can, you know, split hairs later, but, um, but a lot more than we, than we realize about the computing revolution, you know, we wouldn't have been able to define programming languages without having uh, this kind of computational linguistics. Computational linguistics has a long history in India. Panini was um, like 2,500 years ago, mm-hmm. more or less, um, uh, and described algorithms with huh. the, you know, like, like all of the pieces uh, about binary numbers. That was a different guy. I don't remember his name. Ping, Pingili? No, blanking on his name. But, um, but yeah, he was describing um, poetry, that poetry alternates between long and short syllables. In English, we would have um, stressed and unstressed. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, um, uh, Northern Indian languages, the, uh, there are long vowels and short vowels. And, oh, by the way, I'm... I'm it's almost like a drum. There's like the sound and then no sound. Like uh, in his hand. That's where time, you know. Uh, yeah. Is. Okay. Well, all the, so I'm, I'm also learning Hindi a bit. Okay. Sweet. Right. Um, and yeah, so all of the vowels, and, and they're very strict about this. It's not just like a little, it's, a, it's not just half-hearted the kind of way that we have. You know, when we say long vowels and short vowels, we're, we're talking about different vowels. Then they have like, um, the vowels are for a longer or a shorter period of time. And it's like two units. So when you make poetry, you want to you want to alternate them in different ways. Right. Long and short, um, if you were to say zero and one. Right. Uh, uh, there was one uh, one guy who categorized all the different patterns that you can have and described octets, these binary octets. And then started doing combinatorics on it, like how many possible combinations can you have? Uh, and so they got the I Ching, right, like the I Ching of the of China, the I Ching. Yeah, point, the, uh, like the the way that they there's like eight. There's either a solid line or a broken line. Oh, okay. And it's how many combinations can you have? And it's like a like the coin will land on one side or the other. Okay. So it's like a, you know, it it just reminds me, especially when you're talking about the eight. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And but sequences, so right. the order matters. Right. Um, and uh, and that's how they got. So just the amount of um, 
algorithms and combinatorics that they got into was just, you know, that was that was where and and the ma mathematics was very tied to language, in a way that it wasn't in the West. Meanwhile, in the West, you know, where where it, it kind of more started with Euclid than than Panini, which mm -hmm. simplify things too much. Euclid's focus was on geometry, right, and proofs. And so Western mathematics developed in this really different way, where uh, um, sometimes the geometry could be constraining, like they weren't able to solve problems with uh, four variables because there's only three dimensions. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, Interesting. Whereas uh, uh, in India, that wasn't a problem at all. There's just their combinations, not supposed to be pictures. Right. You know? So the way that the so this is true of all languages basically the way that you it if you're speaking one language you're thinking a certain way like the way that like they have um if there's a hockey game between Finland and Sweden they have to have two different announcers not just because of different languages but because uh Finland focuses on where the ball is in okay base of the ice but uh, you know uh but sweden talks about who's doing what to the right. to the puck you know okay. not ball or whatever and so like the way they visualize it is completely different and right. um, finnish right. people can't really deal with western they die more in construction sites and stuff because they can't really read the pictograms the same as we do they they've their brains are processed different information differently because okay. of, it's such a totally different society. And um, yeah, that's it's true with these languages as well. Like, I mean, uh, the Western, they visualize in the three dimension space and, um, you know, and they apply the numbers to that. Whereas yeah. this, they, they're just increments like decimals in the, you know, and they or can- they're, they're verses. Right. Okay, so it's yeah. and because it's spoken out. Yeah, and then when you receive it in your ear, that's an even different way of thinking. Like yeah, oral technology. So I'm just right now. I'm just uh, earlier on we were talking about different things. Now I'm just sort of geeking out about this is uh, great. No, no, please. about the things that have been that impressed me. Yeah, uh, one of them is is that you know when when I said Panini was was like 25 centuries ago, mm -hmm. more or less. It's really hard to date. Uh, people in ancient India because uh, a lot of the writing hasn't survived. Um, the writing is, you know, maybe it's a hot, humid place so that writing doesn't survive. Right. Uh, but a lot of the early te uh, technology is oral technology. It's spoken. Right. Um, and so the Vedas, for instance, are very important and it's very important to get them exactly right. Right. So they memorize, they don't just memorize the Vedas, they memorize, they memorize it forward, backward, and inside out. Wow. You know, for all of the syllables that they say, you know, um, you, you know, you can go from beginning to end, or you can go in, in triples of three, third, second, first, third, second, first, third, wow. second, first, third, and then 
second, third, first, second, third, first, second, third, first. Does that reveal different information when they do that? I mean, is there, because like a lot of time, you know, people have, oh, there's a Bible code. And if you look at this letter, uh, this many, you know, and just they can map out and find other words and other relations between books and stuff. Uh, yeah. And no, it's to make sure they don't make mistakes. Okay, that's right. Well, because it has to be laid out perfect. Right. It's an error correction code. Right. Just right. like you would have in computing, you know. Right. Interesting. <laughs> um, so that's uh, why another reason why it lends itself so well, because, um, like, a computer is a it's like speaking orally to another computer, basically through the wires. It's like the it, its own version of oral. And it has to go back and check itself the same mm -hmm. way that these Indians did 2,500 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. And that's why the, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, like, we know the text is this because they remembered it so well, like, and then they wrote it down, like, mm -hmm. so it, um, it's the same as it has been for all those years ago because of this correction process that they devised? Um, yes, although there are different variants of the Mahabharata. Mm -hmm. Okay. Depending um, uh, on which line of it came from, probably. Yeah, there are different traditions for... And there's a standard, but the standard is defined in the 1920s. Right. Look at how many... Uh, versions of the bible we got you know what i mean like uh and then king james ugh, or whatever but yeah, um relied almost entirely on on written technology that was yeah yeah and like um and that's what in order to get a doctorate in our system now it has to be written out as so that it can mm -hmm. be checked and it's not you're not orating to the people that are going to give you your doctorate like I mean, you might have to defend it or something in a debate or whatnot, right? But it's a written document, and that's what passes as true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in our Western, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, sort of almost a temporal coincidence, the, the codex of binding books came in like 200 AD, something like that, hmm. uh, just in time, right? Wow. Just in time for a, a book-based religion. Right, right. And then we had, you know, if you look at the, well, okay. Sorry, I don't want to short yeah. uh, uh Judaism is a book-based religion. <laughs> well, that's for sure. But those those are handwritten, and just like the yeah. you know Catholicism, they would handwrite each Bible and whatever. But um, mm -hmm. but then the printing press happened right in time for uh, Protestantism for the Protestant Revolution. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So then it gives people the word right there, and you know, right. And so that. So that's another freedom. It's it. Well, yeah. But anyway, so this, this, uh, the guy that was one of the untouchables or whatever, he wrote, like he helped to write this constitution. And yeah, on bed car. Is that, that like, yeah. does that actually help to pull these people out of, um, <laughs> you know, well, the, it, got, it got written into the, into the, um, into the constitution that it's, that, uh, casts, making caste differences right is absolutely illegal so do uh human rights apply to everybody and, and that's and, yeah that's right. it that's okay. it and so that's why he's so revered like and uh you know the statues and and posters uh and it's like you know if i hadn't like 
known that going in, I would be like, huh, what's this guy? Right, right. Well, everybody loves to be free. I mean, it's like, that's most important. Uh, And you can't learn anything new if you're being beat down by a dude with a gun. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so these, uh, so uh, the languages, they, uh, they have progressed. And so CERN is using computing language that originates basically from Indian uh, roots. Um, and that's how they're discovering all of this that they're finding and that they're finding in the computations and the, the like in order to like you actually smash the atoms and view what is happening with detectors and these detectors are compute like they're you need computers to read them mm-hmm. and Although we all know that how important computers are beyond particle physics right exactly right yeah i, I want to soft pedal this idea that, okay um, that, well, uh, yeah uh, but this is what you've discovered and what you think is true like this is you know yeah that um that the it was an influence of merging culture as well okay one of them was was colonizers um right right but uh but the information got across and i think it hasn't really been uh applied well quite so much like yeah. if if you have this this view in mind that all of these science and math things that we have trace back in Europe to like Galileo and Italian, you know, to various French guys, various English guys, you know, Germans all over the place. Uh, And then it all goes back to the Greeks or something. Then you're missing a lot. Right. Right. Uh, in fact, we haven't even talked about China. <laughs> right. Well, I kind of brought up the yeah, right, right. Ching, but that's yeah. not, you know, but that's, you're right. Um, yeah. These are older civilizations. China's the oldest with, uh, you know, with grains and creating the first civilizations. Uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know, Babylon, I guess, but still like it. Yeah, I think, I think in the, uh, the, the Levant, they're, they're, um, right, area. More, more than 10,000 year old cities. Right. Like uh, Katalahuyuk. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not the Levant, that's in Turkey. Well, no. Turkey is where Cybele comes from. That's where, uh, you know, that's the magna mater, like the, like whatever. It, yeah, a, lot, a lot comes from Turkey, and then it gets brought to Greece, and then Greece. Mm-hmm turns it into a thing and then Rome overtakes that. And so like a lot of the Turkish religion came from like the goddess religions and stuff came from Turkey. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, um, yes. In fact, Greece, Greece, Greek culture was all over the, yes. Uh, um, Iron Age Greek, you know, the, the time that we think of as Greek, classical Greek, it was very involved in the the western shore of Turkey, right? Uh, right. And, and a lot of the a lot of the words that I associate with uh, with Greek, like um, um, the Phrygians, that's a scale, you know, musical, yeah, you know, right? Right. Phrygian, okay. Yeah, were, the cap too. That's the cap. Smurfs, right? Yeah. And it's the Liberty cap, like the mushroom, looks like that. But I mean, that was worn 
the slaves would wear that when they're free. There was a certain time okay. between like the sun has a year and the moon has a year and there's like this space in between where they have to reset because like the lunar year and the solar year is different by oh, days okay. yeah so, right. um, all the slaves are free during those days and they would wear the phrygian cap in rome and like they would all the masters would be the servants and all the servants would like wear the hats on those days and be free. So it symbolizes freedom. That's why the French Revolution had the Phrygian cap on their staff. And that's it's why it's in all their iconography. And that's why okay. Columbia or whatever wears the Phrygian cap. Um, and Phrygia is where Cybele comes from. And, you know what I mean? Like that's... Okay. That's no, the I, didn't, I didn't know any of these things. Yeah. Oh, great. I didn't know any of these things, but... Cool. It's, I'm, but uh, I know about a, a related thing that... Uh, um, Old Babylon, mm -hmm. Bronze Age, long before you know Greece and Rome, right? Um, had that same uh, um, annual cycle, right? That, the difference you know, between the lunar and the solar, right? That they made a three hundred sixty-day year, right? Based on the lunar calendar, and then they have five days that were outside of time, right? All sorts of things happen when time, <laughs> right? You know, and it's like time is the ruler, like, you know, like um, yeah. you know, Saturn or whatever. Right. And, That's like a thousand years before the time that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like Babylon had um, like Ishtar and mm -hmm. uh, before that Sumeria had Inanna. And that's the same goddess as Cybele. It's the same. It's all one. Okay. Okay. And like it became... So that, and then like Crowley used that in his mythology and like it turned into this thing, like uh, the Scarlet Whore and um, the Whore of Babylon. And it's like this, it's big ideas. But anyway, um, like those original ideas, like the Greeks is definitely not the, the beginning of, right. civilization, <laughs> especially right. with older civilizations yeah. that, you know, we, you know, the Mediterranean is small compared to the rest of the earth, you know, right. the whole world. Yeah. And I don't just mean pre-Greek because, uh, because this, this connection, the, um, the development of all of this, uh, algorithmic combinatorial style mathematics and linguistics, um, it's contact with the West was, was later was during colonialism. Right. 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 So that was like they're being dominated, you know, and then like by Britain or whatever. And then, and that's when, yeah, and that's when the, you know, and it can, you can wonder why, why uh, uh, they're not as well credited as they should be. <laughs> right. Right. Because it's stolen. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or a few things are stolen. Yes. Uh, right. So, Okay, now you've gained all this knowledge from India and you've got all these Indians working there. And so now they're opening up new, they're doing new things with CERN. Can you describe that a little bit? How uh, CERN is working with India doing this oh. thing that you were sent to Mumbai for? Oh, well, the thing I was in Mumbai for was actually not at all connected with CERN. Oh. Um, no, no, it's just, um, it's my university group and a couple other universities. That, oh. Um, it's and it's a it's a computing project. It's actually not a large one. Oh right, your group. Yet. 
thing. Your group is for Texas A&M, right? Are you still with them? Oh, no, not, not Texas A&M anymore. Not with Princeton. Princeton. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's a few, a few universities are involved in this. Interesting. And, um, so this is to acclimate you to the, to that, uh, in order to like, to, you gotta, they gotta dip your feet in the water over there while Indians are dipping their feet so you can cross pollinate information better. Is that well, no, <laughs> I'm being too, poetic, I'm too poetic with my words? No, actually, actually, where this came from is, is that, um, we usually only meet when, when we usually meet Indians not in India, you know, we usually right. meet in CERN or you know, somewhere in Europe or somewhere in the right, know, like in between, right, right. or in in the US. Right. Um, and, uh, and the idea here is, no, this should be a two way street, you know, we should go both ways. That's good. Uh, and it is about, you know, starting projects to do um, joint competing projects for particle physics. Um, uh, and um, right, so we, we just, we just intend to meet them where they are. Uh, That's good. What one thing that happens a lot actually is sort of a brain drain when, um, yeah, it's you like know, you suck them all out of India and then they yeah. got nothing left over there. And it's great for the and you know, for the people whose careers you know get going and they get to go you know around the world and right. uh, they get paid in like German dollars or whatever, like European money instead of like their you know type of like they because. You know, like Southeast Asia and like all you know, India. This, the people work for lower amount. Like it's it's a different. The money is not as valued as the European money or like by you know American money because of uh, our governments are stronger and more, more GDP and all this whatever. So like it gives them, if they get a hundred dollars in euros or a hundred in euros, then it's like a million back home. You know what I mean? Yeah, not that extreme. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like if, like if we take American dollars to like Bali or something, like a hundred bucks will get you like a week on the beach and a nice hotel. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're right. That um, um, uh, it, it stretches by a factor of like two or three. Yeah. You can get like. Yeah, and which is a lot. Right. So that uh, that's an incentive for people to right. you know, all run to France and Germany and like, you know, or to CERN itself or whatever, yeah. just to, you know. Well, it's, America. it's um, um, well, what more what I'm referring to is that uh, um, this this it's great for the students that they get to, you know, get into these projects, you know, in, in Europe and the US, wherever. Right. Uh, and um, and thrive, right? right. Um, but the if they're not going back to if they're not going back to India, they're not like bringing. They're not helping the homeland, right? Yeah. You know the same way that like if 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 someone from a U.S. university goes to CERN for a while, learns some things, does some you know some physics experiments, uh, chances are pretty good they'll come back to the U.S. and then you know bring that experience to the university and, and the university thrives and everybody in it, right. You know, gains from, uh, from that person's experiences. Right. Um, and if, uh, if you've got a situation where everybody is only leaving, uh, then you don't get that. Right. right. 
And that's that leads to more domination of the culture because yeah. the only people that are left are the epsilons. And then, you know, that's and then anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you need people need they need to have strong uh like thinking adults in order to maintain freedom in a place. Mm-hmm. And if all the if all the strong intelligent adults are being you know, wounded in war or like pulled out into some other country for some other like menial task of like calculations or whatever. I mean, I don't even know. Like, it seems like it's another tool for dominating a certain, for dominating an Indian culture um, to brain drain, I'm saying, basically. Right, right. So and it's that, like, that even an accidental field. thing. You know, it right. could even, like not even an intended thing, but uh, because of, the background of this was the power situation to begin with. This is what's happening. It doesn't actually help change things. Right, know? right, right. It's just to continue. The people that are in power liked it. They're like, oh, let's keep it this way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty good. So it makes sense that that India would give a statue of Shiva to CERN, right? And uh, childhood goofballs, or you know, <laughs> you know like people that they all have access to that courtyard, right? That's where people oh, yeah. eat their lunch at the from the cafeteria. Well, there's kind of nothing to do there. Um, it's between yeah. two buildings, and there's nothing on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. The cafeteria is across the street. Okay, but so. still, it's like it's a communal space for people, and there's interns yeah. and yeah. students and uh, people from from India coming to, you know, and other countries, yeah. China and all over the world are there. And, and, you know, yeah. probably the people in the hostel have access to this courtyard too. Well, right. sure. I mean, everybody does. Um, right. But so it's not many, like some uh, private space where only no. the cloaked individuals <laughs> with t- tennis sneakers can get in. In fact, the one thing I'm wondering when I, when I saw all of that is, well, for, for obviously they did it at night because then there's, not you know the only people in building 40 who are looking on are like working at late you know working late at night grad students probably right and the people in the in the hostel same, right. <laughs> same thing, basically right the machine doesn't stop at night it's just no the machine doesn't stop at night but also the machine controls are far away from there i see you know the building 40 is a central building for like um you know there's a little bit of administration and a lot of um data analysis, but it's not like the control center or anything like that. Right. But no, I was thinking that, you know, with the, with the people doing st- the stuff out in the courtyard, they're going to get caught by like somebody saying, hey, what are you doing? You know, right. and it just occurred to me, like when you were describing that, staying in that hostel, looking out the window, there could be some kid, you know, let me say 20 years old, mm-hmm. who's uh this is first time out of India. It's rather honored to see. Wow, this is statue of Shiva right outside. <laughs> you know, right? You know, in this in this place. And what the heck are those people doing? You think maybe it was real? Could have been. No, no, they probably were there. Like, okay. What the heck are those people doing? Like in front of Shiva? I know. You know, <laughs> like they might be kind of what they were thinking. Right. It just occurred to me that uh, that they might have been like. <sighs> if not offended, at least grossed out. Like, what do you do? Yeah. 
<laughs> like I'm sure there was a lot of people from India over there, and like I'm sure that because there's a lot of views of that little thing that went viral, and now yeah, it's yeah. commonplace for people right. like rabbit hole aficionados to say just in their normal speech, yup. Times like this, we got ritual sacrifices at CERN. We got, you know, portals opening up to other dimensions. And, like, no, no. <laughs> it's really sad. I mean, but it's fun to talk like that, I guess. But it's just like the religious talk is basically, I mean, because they were excited to be getting down to the fundamental building blocks of matter, right? Yeah, you know, I was going to say probably the last time the physicists did that was when Leon Letterman labeled, uh, titled his book The God Particle. Right. That was probably the last one of those. Yeah. It was that's, like 1993 or whatever. That's a pretty <laughs> high pitch for that one. That's like a Hail Mary. <laughs> like, And I've heard it was the goddamn particle because they couldn't find the right. Big boson. Right, right. right, right. But they couldn't say damn. I couldn't say goddamn on the book. So I got to change it right. to just God. Right. And it hasn't, it hasn't really, um, these kinds of metaphors, there was, there was an era for that, like the 40s through the 80s. <laughs> right. So now, are you, do you think people are getting uh, more to brass tacks and not having such um, biblical or, th you know, religious thinking? Yeah, no, that's just not the mood anymore. In fact, it, well, not just that, not just the mood, but um, uh, we know what happens to it, you know. It, right, then, it gets harpooned by people who are like, that's crazy, you know. Uh, yeah, well, worse yet, or the, the, the worse yet is the press picks up on it. Like, how many clinched teeth I saw whenever God particle is mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just, but that is like, that's the media for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, they love that sh stuff and they have thrown it everywhere. Like, Oh, look at that. You know, and it, it creates a feeling and a reaction and religious people that are like, how dare they mess with the fundamental building blocks of God's universe, right? Like you're going to make black holes and destroy the world, you know, like they, cause their imagination just goes wild. Like they, they see the Gothenburg tunnel celebration and it's got a pan character and CERN is named CERN cause of CERN Nunos, right? So that's the horned God of the witches and, uh, <laughs> you didn't know that yeah no, well, I, I heard, i've seen the three sixes in the in the logo right right yeah so right. that i mean that makes sense but whatever it does look like but it actually looks like four sixes so if you okay. really it's that. supposed to be a shape of an accelerator yeah that's the, right yeah. that's the circle of the accelerator and they're shooting them in at those yeah. those shaft points or whatever yep 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 Right. So that's really what it is, people. It's not intended to be 666, and they put that all over everywhere. But, but anyway, I've seen that one. I've seen that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, Cernunos is spelled C-E-R-N-U-N-O. Uh, oh, well, okay. whatever. It's Cern is the beginning, the root letter. Of language? Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I don't know. But... Um, Cernunos is the is the same as like pan. Okay. Uh, the, it's like 
the the energy of the forest like the primal forces of the forest and for the british it was the green man and for like whatever uh so sarnunos is the horned god and like the druids like because they gave it deer antlers because it was able to eat the leaves of the elm i think which is like a sacred tree to them like it was poisonous to everything else but the deer and so the deer is like venerated so like that's so there is that okay cern cern nunos but then like the forces of nature right yeah that fits doesn't it that's what you're investigating right so it's not so weird to have these kind of yeah yeah no that's why i say it's an era right because there was there was you guys are kind of ashamed a little bit is that why the gritting teeth like yeah that's what i'm getting at actually yeah. it's the is you know soon after like everything seemed to be unifying it seemed like we're getting to the foundations of reality and certainly quantum mechanics is weird yeah you know uh uh it's another the, hill to climb like a scaling like oh geez i gotta figure this out now like how do you <laughs> yeah. probabilities instead like oh, we'll just use probabilities instead of true and false like well no, like early formulations of quantum mechanics seem to have seem to rely on the consciousness of the experimenter yeah um that's really fun but uh so but the first series how are you how they don't anymore tell me about that because um, like there's yeah. a there's the the dual split the dual slit experiment and the wave and the particle and the the listeners should know about this already like uh tell me why this is not because people thought like with schrodinger's cat like oh the the, the consciousness of the oh, the awareness of the person looking changes right. the result of the answer that they're get trying to get at right so if you're looking it's a particle if you're not looking it's a wave right so right. how did they how, where are they at now with this please explain it well it has more to do with uh how many and what kinds of interactions are happening on the particle so it doesn't matter whether you are aware of this particle or not it, ha it matters whether you are bouncing photons off this particle oh because you're using vision to look at it right right so, <laughs> I mean, this will still happen to the particle even if, if even if uh, photons are bouncing off it and you're not paying attention. That's funny. But uh, Because but, people in the old days used to think that what you saw was actually projected out through your eyes and then came back to your eyes. Like right, a lot of the Greek thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, so like it was hard to detangle because how do you know that the particle is there when you don't look at it? Right. right. Um, so the, the, what quantum mechanics was doing and what just ordinary observations do, you know, the same ambiguity. You know, if you don't look at something, you don't know it. Of course. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's an ambiguity between these things. So it was confusing for a while, but mm -hmm. that was, um, and quantum mechanical interpretations are not figured, they're not totally figured out now, but they um, no longer really need to invoke, no not even mincing words they don't need to invoke consciousness okay but there was an era when all these things were uncertain you know right <laughs> an era when when it seemed like wow we're getting to like to the bottom of everything mm -hmm. and uh um but then we're receiving this information through our eyes and our instruments are using 
photons. So, so like, oh, duh, whoops. You know, now we have, mm -hmm. have to have different ways of detecting this. And that's what the CERN is doing with when you smash, mm -hmm. you're detecting without photons looking at it, right? Obviously. Well, yeah, but is it just a different interaction? It, right. One way or the other, you have to have in, you have to have interactions with something in order to right in order to have the anyway. exchange of information. You have to right, yeah, right. interact. Right. So there's there's a coupling. You can't remove that coupling between looking at something and and affecting it. Uh, so the cat uh, is dead anyway. <laughs> like Schrodinger's cat. Anyway, never mind. Uh, yeah, and and you can't actually make experiments where something as large as a cat can be <laughs> coherent. So it's when, so now you've found different ways of observing and different like so now you don't need to imagine, I guess, that it's being affected by the observation itself. Now you can you find different ways of detecting with the computing. Uh yeah, so no, the interpretations have gone farther. Um, they've they've gotten more incisive, uh, um, and there will always be this ambiguity with, uh, uh, you know, if you don't bounce, you can't observe something without bouncing stuff off of it. Right. But we don't really, but we don't need to invoke consciousness anymore in order to explain right. it. At least, you know, the the, the mainstream. But it takes consciousness to hear it and understand it, and. Like we need consciousness involved. to grok it, right? You know, <laughs> right. properly. Um, in all the normal ways that consciousness is involved in, in knowing things, yes. Yes. But, uh, but the the era in which uh, in which physics could be described as this kind of really spooky spiritual thing um, is doesn't need you know kind of I don't know kind of you kind of close no. the door on that. <laughs> And it's like, you know, because in a way it used to like boost up the, you know, make people give people attention to it. And it was like, a, it was like a yeah, the media to gather money. There's a bit of that too. Right. But there's a bit of uh, people got carried away with, uh, with how important what they were doing was. Right. You know, it is, it is the eightfold way. <laughs> <laughs> right. But really it's just arranged in a way that there's eight of them. Like, there's eight mesons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I mean, you guys are like getting your feet on the ground. It's not like you're negating consciousness. I mean, you're using consciousness no, yeah. to, uh, to think of the numbers every day, like more conscious minds are getting involved in all this, you know, you're building like with your consciousness, you're building this, this raft of information and like, um, CERN just turned on last year. Is that did they turn on for another cycle or something like? They were yeah, I saw. I feel like it was more recent than that. Um, the okay. uh, run three, three, yeah, uh, run three, yeah. Okay. These things are years long, so if I'm wrong by it was run three versus run four, I'm talking about the, the wrong decade. But, <laughs> but but somehow my my numbers are all getting. I think it's run three. Right. Uh, I think I saw a lot of see how see how I'm like a step removed on the computing, right? And and I just saw a, a bunch of people on the on the chat sharing images of the uh, of the uh, the uh, there's like a the LHC page one 
is what it's called. It's, it's, it's tracking all the, the, the basic things about it. And just like beams are full on, you know, hot, to, full energy, stable. I know that we're in stable running now-ish, like in, in these in these months. And that happened, I felt it was earlier this year. Well, if, uh, if any of the the conspiracy theorists would have anything to do that they would look at all the spooky occurrences and be like oh it must be CERN CERN is the reason that's why you know ghosts are doing whatever and I mean it it seems like because it's a for some people it's like a black hole of like oh I don't understand it or oh like they're fundamental forces of nature and they're messing in God's mm -hmm. domain like they and they don't want to look at it you know sometimes I'll send people like a link to one of our shows like hey look at yeah, this this dude like knows about cern and he's telling what what the real deal and they you know they still say oh yeah sacrifice at cern and like it's a friend of mine i'm like uh you know i don't want to mention his name but it really gets me because like i don't want people to be duped i want people to have clean information sane thinking you mm -hmm. know and consciousness is a beautiful thing and it's wonderful and you, you like uh you don't have to like i mean just because physics is walking away from like the idea of like consciousness like creating reality or whatever <clears throat> i mean that's where people were going with it like yeah consciousness like creates reality yeah. and like uh this like um and then it, you know, and that gets into the metaphysics, and then the. Yeah. So like it, like I love the ideas, and I like I like the people focus their intent and their care, and, um. But I want people to have clean information, and I want them to be working from a place of truth, and, you know, uh, you know, consciousness and physics can be separate, right? Yeah, it's. Let's just say that it's not. There's, there's not like a. It's, it's not like a necessary connection. It's not like you know the scientists know something that that you don't. You plural everybody. It's not like the scientists know something really secret, and they have. Uh, you know this this better special spiritual connection. Right, and uh, and occulted knowledge which creates a power differential. Right, right. right. Yeah. which. Um, you know, calling stuff the Eightfold Way was a mistake for that reason. Right. You know, I know they were just, they were, they were thinking it was fun, you know, <laughs> name these things, uh, name these things quarks after uh, um, Finnegan's Wake because, you know, you're erudite, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's but, great. Uh, or, or, you know, actually, uh, like the, the I, am be I Am Become Death, the Destroyer of Worlds, Right. I, I was I was I'm reading these books by um, by like uh, professors of of, uh, uh, um, of Hinduism and and like and there's one um, I forget her name but but she was she mentioned just offhand and Oppenheimer who who fancied who fancied that he knew Sanskrit. Huh. <laughs> like, because wow. time really is the destroyer. Like everything like time destroys everything and you know yeah and she explained it's kind of like in that that riddle with Gollum in the hobbit right you know? yeah right. Yeah, yeah that's that, the sense yeah 
Yeah, and that um that really like we're trapped in this world of time where we're destined to decay and like it's but spirit lasts forever and I mean mm -hmm. there's a lot of big ideas and these things can't be discovered from CERN. Right. right. All that CERN is gonna understand is the the what makes an atom do what it does, right? Right. Yeah. We're we're spiritually we're in the same boat as everybody else. Right. You know? Right. Don't have a special in. Right, right. That's great. So yeah, I I guess like we had this video um to debunk kind of this guy talks about what CERN is really doing and he goes into how the, the Gothenburg tunnel is related and Stargate, you know, the Stargate movie, that's the yeah. same. Oh, that's creating portals to other dimensions or play. Um, I'm just going to leave a link, I guess, for, for listeners to find out on their own. Maybe I'll play it at the end. I, it would suck I'll to play it. it. It would suck to play Probably it. Leave a link. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna leave a link because that way I don't want people to like. Because then they would hear it and then they wouldn't hear us talk about it, and that would really kind of make it. So, listen on your own time. Send me an email. Uh, my link uh, for an email is onegreatworknetwork.com/slash/sean-mccann, and you'll see a, a link to click on where you can email me. Uh, so like if you have if you wanted to talk about it there's a lot of the flat earth episode that we did jim still gets people commenting and they get so mad and they, they wanted to, i mean i could i'll send you the link so that you can read them yourself um bit shoot especially has way more flat earth people and it's really interesting and they they think that we're dumb because we don't know and then they try to explain in the comment why the earth is flat i mean it's it's like a troll it's a troll device to make people stuck in this cul-de-sac it's really sad so, but anyway i'm i think that it's great to hear the comments and to like you know maybe we can talk about it <laughs> like i don't know uh, maybe i'll have a call-in show someday i think i'm learning how to do that so maybe we can go live one day uh okay whatever but uh this has been you've been here with me for two hours and i don't want to take any more of your time i very much thank you for what you what you've shared with us today and and like like chris says it's always great to hear from jim so thank you jim for sharing with us and is there any like did we miss anything is there anything that that you want to say yeah. well uh tell your wife and, and daughter that i said hello and sure. uh Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you all listeners for joining us on Wake the Dead. We will see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye.